Uh, open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 12, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to get here and uh, delve into the Word of God. I feel like the Holy Spirit has been showing me something pretty neat. Um, but particularly this morning, as, as I've been reflecting over the notes, I, I told you I was prepared to minister on the gifts a month and a half ago, but God had, he said other things in place through myself and Pastor Tim particularly. But what's going on in the body of Christ is an identity crisis. What is... One of the afflictions in the body is truly an identity crisis because we're, our eyes are still too much on who we, who we are and often our eyes are on what we're not as disciples of Jesus. We're looking more at the negative rather than the positive of what God has done and what he has said. Amen? You all with me? So there's an identity crisis. And in this great last move of God, prophets have been saying it. One great apostle of faith, Smith Wigglesworth, one of the last prophecies he had given out to the body of Christ before he went home with the Lord, was that the last great revival would be a revival of love, and it would be really launched forward by young people. He saw that in the spirit. Several others have had similar things. Carol has been mentioning about this wave of God and that revival is, it's already here. It's in each one of us. It just needs to be activated and released, let out. But the only way it can be really truly let out is that if we identify that it's there. It's not enough for somebody just to preach it or teach it and, you know, yes, good, praise God that they're communicating that. But how do we get that word active and alive in our heart? Amen. To, to a place where we really believe it. And our actions begin to confirm what we... Listen, our actions confirm what we believe. Our actions also confirm what we don't. Or we have yet to believe. I don't want to say it in a negative way. My lack of action to the Word of God is the direct result of either fear or lack of knowledge. The things I do do, (laughs) the things I do do, (laughs) are a result of what I believe, what I trust. Amen? How about you? Is that true for you? Well, fear is the result of a lack of knowledge in in the simplest form that I can define fear. Why is there fear? It's because of a lack of knowledge. If you have a fear of terrorist cells, you lack knowledge. I'm not saying we ignore that, those things that could possibly be, and they're here. They're in the United States. But how, do, how are they prevented from operating or carrying out wickedness? Through prayer, through faith, amen, a praying church, and angels. It's not just It's prayer, angels, God Almighty, moving. Hallelujah. And thwarting the efforts of the enemy. Bringing confusion into their camp, as we have shared so often. And we see it in Second Chronicles 20. 
There's something interesting for God's plan to have been carried out when Jehoshaphat and Israel was surrounded by enemies. Amen. What, do you, what did they do? They called a fast. They consecrated a fast for even the animals. The whole kit and caboodle. Everybody is fasting. Man, woman, child, beast. We are setting ourselves apart for three days because we need God to intervene here. Anybody need God to intervene in possibly your situations? What are you willing to do to get him to intervene? You know, God's ready, willing, and able. Always. Sometimes we just cry out and give a prayer, but, uh, you know, we just, a de- prayer of desperation. And I'm, not, I'm all for prayers of desperation, and sometimes the biggest prayer of desperation is one word. Help! <laughs> Somebody help me. Let's all shout it out together. Help! Praise God. To be a follower of Christ and a disciple of Jesus means you and I have to make a quality decision that we're going to obey him. To obey the words of Jesus. He said, he who hears my sayings and does them is a man who builds his house on a rock. And the storms of life come, and that man stands, that man or woman, they stand because their house is built on the sure foundation. But he who hears my sayings and does not do them is like a man or a woman who build their house on sinking sand. And the storms of life hit that house, and great is its calamity. There are the words of Jesus. Amen? Come on, saints. Amen. I want you to preach back at me, please. So, he also told his disciples, if you love me, you will keep my word. He said, Jesus said, say Jesus said. He who says they love me and doesn't keep my word are liars. That seems a little strong, doesn't it? The Prince of Peace. God, the Son. If you say you love me and you don't keep my word, you're a liar. He's not saying it harshly. Just you're a liar. You fall into the category of deceiving yourself and being or plus being deceived. If you think you can hear my sayings and not follow them. You're not my disciple at all. Many will come to me in that day, say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I prophesy? Didn't I do all these different things in your name? And I will say to him, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Well, who the heck is he talking to there? Well, let's, let's, let's just try to really make this feel good. And let's pad this a little bit. That's for the Mormons. <laughs> He's talking to Mormons in that case, because Mormons believe in a lot of the stuff of the Bible. They believe in a lot of that stuff. I'm not talking about the operations, the spiritual operations behind it. Oh, well, that's for Jehovah's Witnesses. Well, they don't believe in a lot of things in the Bible. Amen. I never knew you. Well, the key word there is new. 
I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, O my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Do you do, you do the work of the Lord or is the Lord of the work your first priority? Is the work of the Lord our first priority or is the Lord of the work our first priority? I never knew you. The word new means to, to have intimate relationship with. I never knew you. Same thing happens in Matthew 25 when he's preaching about the widows, uh, the, the virgins rather, the ten virgins. Jesus says, let me tell you a parable about ten virgins. You all with me? You all with me? We're going to get to wherever God wants us to get today. <laughs> but I want to say this. God is not finished with us yet. He's not finished with you yet. And he has great things in store for every person sitting in this room today. Things, you know, think about this. I have not seen nor ear heard the good things God has prepared for those who love him. Love him. Who are those who love him? Those who hear his sayings and do them. <laughs> well, I go to church. <laughs> Big deal. I am the church. Different. <laughs> I just go to the assembly place. Amen. <laughs> wow. I think you all need to change the way you say stuff. You don't go to church. You're the church going to a meeting place. Hallelujah. The more you realize and we say, listen, a man, you know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 12. I, I love that. I've, you know, my devotions come before I even go over the word and reflect. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. What in the world's that mean? That when we, you and I, make a choice, not as a puppet, but as a free will moral agent, I choose to follow you. I love obeying you. You know, sometimes when obedience seems to be this, have such tension with it, to say yes to good and no to wrong. And there is a tension at times. There's a challenge. The spirit wars against the flesh. Paul gave us a great disorte in Romans chapter 8, didn't he? About the flesh and the spirit. They're at enmity with each other. So who's, is the dog wagging the tail or is the tail wagging the dog? It's a weird looking thing if the tail's standing still and the dog's gone. Come on. It's out of order. Do we have the horse before the cart or do we have the cart before the horse? The reason, listen, I'll, I'll remind you of a quote Martin Luther quoted. I have so much to do today, I must pray three hours. That was a resolve and, and part of how the discipline he forged in his life as a minister. I have so much to do today, I must pray three hours in order to accomplish all I have to do. How do you reconcile that? You have so much work to do. Say work work that I must pray 
three hours in order to accomplish the things that I, the tasks that I have before me today. Brother Kenneth E. Hagan Sr., after all the ways God had used them with healings and miracles and singing and the spirit and discerning the spirits and crusades and all the different stuff, establishing the Bible school, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He finally said just a few years before his home going, he said, if it was up to me, I'd never preach again. I would not have to be in the public eye again. I would be content being an intercessor. And when I heard that, I thought, dear God. What is it about intercession that this man of God that was used so profoundly could make that kind of quality utterance, that, that resolve, that statement? What did it do to me? The Holy Spirit took it and just like, like, a, like sealing, you know, taking a, a hot iron and putting your seal on a piece of cattle, you know, as marked by God, sealed. God, the Holy Ghost, sealed that on the inside of me. I thought, dear God, there's something about prayer. What is it about prayer that Jesus did it on a daily basis? Passionately. Passionately. Say passionate. Amen? (laughs) I remember when I, I read I read the Proverbs for the day as part of my regular devotions. I've been doing it for 10 years, particularly. Every day. Proverb of the day. Boom. Proverbs 28, 9 says this. One who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his or her prayer is an abomination. Oh, anybody got white out? Has anybody got some white out? Can I just white that out, you know? One who turns away his or her ear from hearing the law or the word of God. Even his or her prayer is an abomination. Hallelujah. Somebody give me a tambourine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. One who turns away his ear ha, ha, from hearing the word of God, yeah. Even his prayers an abomination, yeah. Hallelujah. I read that and my jaw dropped to the book. I thought, oh my God. Whoa. Wow. If I know what your word advises me and instructs me to do and I don't do it. Let me put this in perspective to you. I'm his kid. Say, if you're his kid, did I say I'm his kid? Okay. Well, if you're his kid and I'm his kid, we are by the blood of God, by the blood of Jesus. Amen. We're his children. Hallelujah. His righteousness was imputed into us. His spirit baptized in the Holy Ghost to help us live the life, walk the walk, talk the talk, discern good from evil, right from wrong, light from darkness. Hallelujah. That's all provided for us. But then the psalmist said the entrance of his word gives light, illumination on how to walk this out, how to live it out. 
how to live the Christian life, not the religious denominational experience. How do we live the life of Christ? Hallelujah. How do we do this? Let your fingers do the walking through the Bible pages. Well, there's a lot of you that aren't that old anymore. I tell you, tell you what, you should have just laughed and talked about that one. Let your fingers do the walking through the yellow. What are yellow pages? You have to look in your phone to find out. <laughs> What's a phone book? I don't even get phone books anymore left at the door. <laughs> you did? Hallelujah. There's Landlines still exist. <laughs> Hallelujah. Say, God is good. All right, 1 Corinthians 12. The identity crisis. But hold that place. I'm going to drop back to something that was preached in the beginning of this whole series. And that was from John 14. Jesus said to Philip, Philip asked Jesus, Lord, show us the Father is sufficient for us. He said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. He knew who he was. And it's not because he was God that shed his glory and came to earth. Jesus learned his identity in the word. So you, we, you, have to, you have to reconcile some things here. He did everything perfectly to model the life of how you and I could become the sons of God. He modeled it perfectly. He came to faith through the word. He realized that the scriptures were speaking of him. Now, he was perfect. He had no sin, and his blood was not tainted. Amen? He was the perfect... Perfect, spotless lamb. But Jesus said, follow me. And Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Amen? Paul didn't say, follow my short temper at times. He didn't say that. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. I want to put an addendum on here. As I, Nixon, follow Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> As I follow Christ. Hallelujah. He made sure that was there. Now, we addressed this in times past, and when we were preaching this a couple months ago. Can you honestly, do, can you honestly say, if you've seen me, you've seen Jesus? And if not, why not? You don't have to answer that. I'm just saying. I'm just posing some questions to you. We are sons and daughters of God, as the Scripture says, by grace, through faith. Paul said unto the Ephesian church, you were strangers to the covenants and promises, aliens to the covenants and promises of God to Israel. But now you have been grafted in, right? Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. None of us deserve to be sons or daughters of God, but God so loved us that he made the way possible. 
Now, we're going to get to the gifts of the Spirit because this great outpouring and the awakening and revival we're praying about along with the body of Christ, not just nationally, globally. The church is being mobilized. I'm going to say still being mobilized, but the church is starting to get it. Hallelujah. How's the church getting it? Because a man will eat good by the fruit of his mouth. See, if you hear something said from the pulpit through one that God has anointed and appointed to help equip you, I'll tell you what, your attitude is going to determine your attitude. The way you receive the ones that God has sent. Jesus, right? Jesus said that if they receive you, they receive the one who sent me. If they don't receive you, my preachers, they're not receiving the Father who sent you through me. So how do we how do we shift? There's a paradigm shift that needs to happen in the body of Christ. We are a family. Hallelujah. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. There's no big eyes, little use. Amen. We're one. Hallelujah. We're spirit beings. I love it when Carol taught on the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the upper room. And, and her studies that the spirit was given to the 120 at equal dispersions and impartations. They all got the same. Hallelujah. Some were called to be apostles and others were called to be fire fanners. Hallelujah. And wait on tables. Amen. But they all were, received the spirit without measure. Hallelujah. Or in the same measure. Jesus without measure. You and I at the same measure. Glory. Hallelujah. Akasha tarabasaka. Hallelujah. I'll get there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now look at 1 Corinthians 12. Now concerning spirituals. If you can put that up, Joshua. Gifts is added to the scripture. It's usually in some kind of italicized print or something like that. There are the words of good translations should define or explain that these words were added. And they were added by translators purportedly to help us have, understand it cl more clear clearly. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren... I do not want you to be ignorant, but I want you to leave that verse there for a minute. Now, concerning the Greeks as spirituals. Concerning spirituals, brethren. I don't want you to be ignorant. Now, there was a verse I gave you last week from Hosea 4, 6, the first part of verse 6, where God said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It's not his will. It's not his will that you and I get our buck kicked from post to post. That's not his will. It's not his will that we suffer for unrighteous sake. Now, suffering for righteousness sake... That's part of the deal. It's part of the package while we're on this planet and in this earth suit. Say suffering for righteousness sake. You're going to suffer one way or the other. You and I get to choose. Hallelujah. 
Before, when we were slaves of sin, we had no choice. We were suffering for unrighteousness' sake. But since you and I made a profession of our faith in the person of Jesus Christ, and we were born again, hallelujah, pow, instantly became a different species on the inside. With a DNA of the Father in it, hallelujah. Glory to God. (laughs) Come on. That we might what? Become oaks of righteousness, Isaiah 61 verse 3 says. That the anointed one, his anointing came to set people free. Hallelujah. Free from what? Demonic influence, demonic possession. Amen? Possibly. From strongholds and mindsets that keep us prisoner to live a certain way, way beneath what God has ordained for you and I to live. I'm not talking about having your wallet filled and all that other stuff. Um, you know, I, I just, I just, I want to hear the prosperity message. John covered this in three John two. He said, brethren, I pray that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Feed your soul. And the prosperity comes. What's he saying? What Jesus said in Matthew five thirty three. See first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added. I pray that you prosper and be in health. Well, what's prosperity? Prosperity for one isn't the same increment of prosperity for another. Now, he's a respecter of no man. But he allots and he blesses in proportion to what you believe. I want to say, when you believe, you're a giver. You're not a taker anymore. You're a giver. A giver of what? Spirit, soul, mind, body, finances, possession. It don't matter. It's all God's and I just want to be a dispenser. Bless God. Remember the Pez dispensers? Boy, glory to God. Pull that head back. Glory to God. That's what God wants you and I to be. Come on. Oh, listen, I need. Glory to God. I'd be glad to accommodate you with that blessing. What's the need? Now, listen, people are always going to work the system. We have, as a network of churches, those who are in Barrington, the ABLE group came out, and the ABLE group came out of good news, the title and the understanding, with Barrington Borough, with the government, church and government working together. And the government had to reach out to the faith community to say, can we meet, please, because our area has needs. Hallelujah. We were, the, we were the newest church in the area and the first ones to show up. Why? Opportunity. Time open. Door open to be a blessing. John Maxwell taught this, and I'll tell you what, I encourage you. If you want books on becoming a better leader in society, in your sphere of influence, feast on John Maxwell books on leadership. He said, leadership is influence. And everybody in this room is a person of influence. John 2, 20 and 27, he said, you have an anointing. (laughs) Say, I have an anointing. And he teaches me. Glory to God. 
I tell you what, if we get our mouth fixed, our lives are going to begin become much brighter, quicker, <laughs> and we're going to be a greater blessing on a daily basis. Now, concerning spirituals, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. And I'm going to read this from my notes. Now, this is Kenneth Hagin Sr. was the first one I heard say it this way. Now, concerning spirituals, brethren, things pertaining to the Holy Ghost. Say things pertaining to the Holy Ghost. Now, concerning things pertaining to the Holy Ghost, I do not want you, Church of Corinth, to be ignorant. Why? Because of Hosea. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. See, listen, I'll tell you what. When you're in the military, now, I never had the blessing of being in the military, going through boot camp and all that stuff. I know many who had. But I understand this, that when they came to get their hair shaved off and everything, the drill sergeant usually said this, your soul belongs to God, but your blessed assurance belongs to me. Your butt belongs to me. You are mine. You're welcome to the army. Alan Vincent, apostle of God from England, he said the the military in England, it was the same deal. When you were in his majesty's service, and this is the way they, when they came in and they were being sworn in, you are now in his majesty's service or her majesty's service. You are not your own. You will do what, the, what we tell you to do what she has commanded you to do. And if not, you will be in the brig. Jail. Welcome to the army. Hallelujah. Welcome to the Royal Navy, the Royal Army. Well, we count it a privilege. Why is there such a struggle in the body of Christ? Because we come out of a democratic society and we think God has a democracy. He has a plan. And I want to say this. God is a despot. He's a king. He has citizens. Hallelujah. Whom he loves. But he also has by virtue of the new birth, a plan for every one of you in here and for all mankind. And that's that we will be conformed into the very image of Jesus. And he wants us, he doesn't, he doesn't force you and I to do it. He loves us so much, he gives us a free will to choose it. Listen, when you and I got saved, if I was honest and went through the room, I would be sure as anything that every one of us, when I got saved, I didn't know what I was getting saved into. I knew I needed a Savior. And the Holy Spirit helped me realize who that Savior was. And I prayed that prayer. Anybody else? In the same, same boat, similar boat? I had no idea that, you know, welcome to the army. <laughs> 
it wasn't told me that way, but it unfolded through the Scripture. And we, they didn't come to make believers out of us. They came to make disciples. See, that was the mentality. That was the, the, the flow of the anointing at that time in, in the early 70s out of the Jesus movement. It wasn't like, oh, we just get saved and become a good believer, a good church attender. Just pay your tithes and, and tiptoe through the tulips. Hallelujah. No, it was like, you're in the army now. Praise God. God is a God of love, but you're his son and you're his disciple. Hallelujah. What is a disciple for heaven's sake? A student, a learner, a disciplined follower. That's what a disciple is. Say disciplined follower. Ooh. Ooh, I feel responsibility with that. I mean, who does God think he is to expect me to walk in the footsteps of Jesus? Because an apple tree brings forth apples. God expects harvest. He expects fruitfulness in his people. I think, listen, Paul's advice here concerning spirituals, things pertaining to the Holy Ghost. I don't want you to be ignorant. Why aren't we seeing this in our lives on a daily basis? And I'm using Carol as a reference here. She read this in her pampers, her spiritual pampers. And she read this portion of scripture and she realized, hey, this is for the, this is for me. This is for the church. With her cup of coffee, reading her Bible, smoking her cigarette. And Jesus, she poured Jesus a cup. Now I'm curious if that cup ever went down. Anyway, she said, Lord, she saw very innocently in childlike faith. I understand that these gifts aren't for me. They're for people. Everybody go, duh. Duh. Uh, please cooperate. Duh. Hallelujah. Just keeps you involved. It's for people. But why? Why the gifts of the Spirit? The who, what, where, and why applies to many things in life. Who? The church. What? The gifts. Where? Wherever. How? Love. And faith. Faith worketh by? By love. I didn't say how it comes. Faith worketh by love. So God wants you and I to be mobilized. And that's this word, the Holy Spirit just keeps, and just recently for the past few months, inspire. The preaching, teaching, and interaction of the body of Christ, we should have a goal when we meet. And we can have fun, we can watch a movie, but one of the, the things that should be resident on the inside of us, that I want our time to be an inspiration. I want to inspire you to love and good works. 
Doesn't the Bible tell us to do that to one another? Inspire each other to love and good works. Hallelujah. Well, how do you do that? Hey, man, let's go to the store. Let's go to the mall and see if we can share Christ with somebody. Take in two-hour increment. Christmas, what's going to happen at the malls? I, you know, I, I, on Facebook, they show the, what, the flash hymns and stuff like that. A whole bunch of people in a church or multiple churches, they get together, they work together, and they get in the mall, and they station themselves all around all the Christmas traffic, and all of a sudden, somebody stands up, you know, on Christ the solid rock I stand, or, you know, whatever, silent night, holy night. And everybody starts looking at the one person thinking, like, what's wrong with this guy, this gal? And then all of a sudden, three more people join in, and boom, 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 and there's people upstairs, and usually the, where the balcony's all open, and there's an atrium area, and all of a sudden, this choir is singing, and people are just there, and they're taking pictures and all that, you know what I mean? I look at that, and I think, man, that is so cool. Wouldn't that be awesome? Because who are they going to lock up? Uh, you know what I'm saying? The move is on. Hallelujah. <laughs> we can't tell who's Christian and who ain't. Even the sinner folk are singing. Hallelujah. <laughs> who do we arrest? You don't arrest nobody. You don't want a flash mob coming your way. <laughs> All right. Verse 2. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to dumb idols, however you were led. Now, he's talking to a church that had many idols, and they had literally statues and different things they would worship, pray to, and et cetera, et cetera. He's using the word dumb, but it means mute. That's the inference here. The gods you pray to are mute. They can't answer you back. But the God I pray to dialogues with me. The God of the Christian communicates, reciprocates. He inspires. He guides. Amen? He dialogues. Listen, I'm not preaching this to make you feel bad or anything else. Like, well, geez, get a journal. Get a journal. And in your private devotions, just get ready to write down what you sense from the Holy Spirit when you pray. Let, expect him to speak to you. And jot, jot it down. It can be profound. It may be small. Usually when I sit down to do it, I end up with a stream, a river of information coming. And I write it down. It may not all take place, but there's an inspiration. There's a communion. I'm glad I have a God that, he, remember the old, no, some folk in here may. And he walks with me and he talks with me. You're showing your age. And he tells me I am his own and the love we share. As we tarry there, none other has ever known. Yo, every one of us should have that song as a testimony. 
Verse 3. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And that's with sincerity and power. There are diversities of gifts. Verse 4. But the same Spirit. Verse 4, Joshi. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Now, Paul is speaking to the church of Corinth, and he's bringing light regarding different areas of activity of, of the Holy Ghost or manifestations or inspirations of the Spirit, things pertaining to the Holy Ghost. Now, this verse, diversities of gifts, is directly connected to Romans 12. Go to Romans 12, verse 6 with me. Romans 12, verse 6. We're going to get to the good stuff, but this is good. Amen? Amen? Say, truth is good. Hallelujah. You know, you, you become a part of a local church, a congregation, and sometimes it seems messages can be repetitive. I always wonder about that sometimes because you have your uh, your part of your responsibility out here is to pray for your leaders, and I really believe this all my heart. In the measure that you pray for the leaders of your church, that your trust is equivalent to the time you spend praying for them. That your trust is built in in that gift and in those those vessels, regardless of who they might be. But Peter said this in Second Peter, hold your place at verse six. We're gonna go there, but I'm gonna repeat this to you. In in Second Peter, verse five, you don't have to turn there, I'll read it to you. Second Peter. Chapter 1, verse 5. I'm sorry. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence. This is Peter writing. Giving, I'm, listen, I am making a conscious, this is Peter saying, I, listen, I love you so much that I am making a conscious effort to communicate to you a truth that's going to help you succeed. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence. Now he's saying, you need to do this to be successful. You need to give all diligence and add to your faith virtue. You can go there, Josh. Let's go there for a minute. Yeah, we're going to go to 1 Peter, Joshua, chapter 1, verse 5. 2 Peter, rather. 2 Peter 1, 5. Thank you, guys. All right, let's... Let's read it in unison. Together, let's all read this. But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. To virtue, add, okay, to virtue, add knowledge. Go ahead, Josh, next verse. 
To knowledge. Let, let me, let's put the word add in there. To knowledge, add self-control. To self-control, add perseverance. To perseverance, add godliness. To godliness, add brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, add love. Add, 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 add. You, you, the believer, you, the disciple, add. Be diligent. Be diligent. Be diligent. Now, I, the word diligence has to be, you need, we all need to eat that thing and really comprehend it. To be, I'm, I'm not called to be a believer. I'm called to, I'm in, in and of itself, like just a born-again Christian. I am called to be a son of God. And in order for me to fulfill the will of my father and for you to fulfill the complete will of your father. Let's say this for you to to complete at least the good will of God. Say good will. Say acceptable will. Say perfect will. See, there's three categories given there in the scripture. In Romans 12. That you might know the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. But there's only way, well, one way that you individually, as a living cell, uh, God wants everybody in here to be a healthy cell in his body. Regardless of our function. That whatever function he's called you to be and, and what, what work he's called you to do, that you do it with all your heart with joy. Hallelujah. Amen. I bet you if you're honest and you find honest people in the pulpit, they don't need a pulpit ministry. They're just willing to serve the body. Serve the kingdom. Amen. Serve the kingdom. Say serve the kingdom. Serve the body. Serve the lost. And really at times really mess with the box. Give food and water to my enemy. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So let's go on. And I'm sorry, Peter. Uh, let's go on here. Next verse. Look at this from Peter, this revelation, the content. If these things are yours. And abound as a result of your diligence. And you're adding, working. Addition equals work, study, prayer, worship. Amen? You will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Next verse. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Next verse. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call, say my call, and my election, sure, clear, my, the vision God has for me. My purpose in the family of God. My purpose as a daughter of God. My purpose as a son of God. For if you do these things, you will never 
Help me. Read the whole thing together. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Are you kidding me? There's a way for me to have a Christian experience where I never stumble. Glory to God. Next verse. For an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Glory. Verse 12. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. Pastor, why are you preaching that again? Hello. Here's my verse. How many times are you going to preach on that subject? Hello. Here's the verse. Leave it up there for this reason. Verse 12. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know them and are established in this present truth. But there are increases. Transformation from one level to another regarding every truth that we just read about. Everything we read about that he talked about, you add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge, etc., etc., etc. As you work at these things and you have them written down in front of you, you say, Lord, I, I want to add these things to my life. Holy Spirit, help me. Help me as I study the scripture, what you want me to get out of there and extract from it. Amen? Amen? Talk to him. Holy Spirit, I'm going to get in the word this morning. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do the devotions. While I'm reading through the scripture, just enrich my spirit, man. I love you and I, I lead me in all truth. Simple. Speak to me. Amen. So now let's go back to Corinthians verse 4. There are diversities of gifts. I'm sorry, we are at Romans. Romans chapter 12. I am excited. Carol and I are, are, are thrilled and excited, Pastor Tim and Elena as well. Of anyone in here that has operated in any of the gifts of the Spirit, we're, we're not going to them today. Any of the nine gifts of the Spirit that are shortly following. We're blessed if you have been used in those ways, and we know some of you have. Maybe not all of you have. Maybe you have, and you really don't even know it. I have found, and listen, I want to I, I encourage you in this. I have found that at times God has given me a word of knowledge and it's not under this anointing where I feel like so mystical, like thus saith the Lord. It's just like meat and potatoes. People have said to me, I can't believe you said what you said to me. I'm like, huh? What are you talking about? And they would remind me and I said, oh yeah, I did say that. That was right from the heart of God. And I'm just like clueless. I feel like the turtle on the race. You know, you know, just but the love of God gifts of the spirit can operate just very naturally. You don't even realize that you're given a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom to somebody. And it's a gift of the Holy Spirit flowing out of you. The child of God. 
for another child of God. For what? To edify, comfort, or exhort. You start seeing all the Scripture connecting. You start to see the operation, a greater picture, a greater clarity of what God's doing and how he does it. Does it. How he does it. Romans 12. Ah, we're going to get there real quick. Let's start with verse 1, Josh. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies, therefore, as a living sacrifice. Uh, and listen, he said, I'm commanding you. I'm commanding you, church. <laughs> no, I'm beseeching you, church, because I realize that even though you're a family and though you're an army of disciples, you still have the freedom of choice. And the beautiful thing about the Lord is on a daily basis, he wants you and I to make quality choices. That's why Joshua 24, 15D, every day I decree it. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is not an option. Hallelujah. As the head of the home or the patriarch of lineage and legacy, God has given me the authority, the right, and the power to speak that and release that out into the realm of the spirit, into the atmosphere. Hallelujah. And when you speak it, it's eternal essence that comes out of your mouth and is creative. That no matter what horde of hell is trying to throw a, a, a rock into the water, you know, or trying to, trying to distort what you have said, trying to hinder what you have said and set in motion, in the name of Jesus Christ, so shall his word be that goes forth from my mouth. See, there's an assurance that comes. When you've applied diligence. What, remember the Jewish exorcist? We adjure you in the name of Jesus. Whom Paul preaches. Come out of him. Jesus I know Paul I know. Who in the hell are you? And they pounce on the Jewish exorcist. Beat him and strip him. And they run out of the house naked. And the whole area was like filled with fear. Wait a minute. These exorcists ain't getting it done. Jesus got it done. Paul got it done. And those who are walking in those shoes get it done. Come on. <laughs> yes, seven sons of Sceva. So, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Another translation says rational worship. Well, when are we supposed to do this? On Sunday? Everybody? No, hey, say every day. Every day is a new day. Every time I love. See, Chicago had that thing all wrong. God, the Holy Ghost, wanted them to sing it to God. I'm going to give you a song. You didn't dream that up. I gave it to you. Use it for my glory. And they, eh, they shot for the stars and they, they hit the tree. Think about it. I think about it often. Songs that include the Lord. And the people, they're not even saved, but yet there's something going on in the mix. Why? He created them for his glory. He wants them to be saved and use their gifts that he has given them for the glory of God the Father. Amen.
You guys know a bunch of people who have great gifts in different areas, in different ways. And those gifts are for the, for the world. It's not just their families. Come on, karaoke. We all have Christian karaoke. Hallelujah. Nah, I'm kidding. But are you with me? Are you with me? Let's look at this. So look at this diligence. I can connect this to Peter. I be, the Holy Spirit. Paul's writing this. But see this as the Holy Spirit saying, my beloved church in whom I am living in, I beseech you by the mercy of God that you make that choice to present your body a living sacrifice. Not a crucified, dead sacrifice. Jesus did it for you. But I want you to pick up your cross and crucify your flesh daily. Come on. Where did ever happen to the preaching of the whole counsel of God? Well, what does it mean? Mortification. The scripture talks about mortify your body and its lust. Mortify it. What's that mean? The desire in you or I that is trumping the will of God, pushing us. Listen, I'm going to say this to you. Please, you can know how the Holy Ghost is, if it's God or the devil. The Holy Spirit leads. The devil drives. And if you feel driven to do something, that's not God. There's a prompting. You can feel that nudge. But he's gentle in that regard. He doesn't force you and I to do anything. Amen? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit guides. This is the way. Carol bought something for one of our kids years ago, and it's, it's that picture of a young man at the steering wheel of a big, great ship, and Jesus' hand is on his shoulder pointing the way. Come on, anybody ever see that? Beautiful pic. He guides. That's the way. You exert the effort to get there. I'll guide you. Say in tandem. Take my yoke upon you. Not the devil's. Put the verse back up there, please. Okay. Well, where you at? Where you at, Josh? Back in Romans twelve. Okay. I want you to go to verse two, buddy. Let's read this together, please, quickly. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So this is our loving father by his spirit giving advice and guidance to you and I personally and collectively. Amen? So don't be conformed to the world. Don't be allowed the world and its system, which is revealed to us through people. Like Carol was saying it, when she got saved, she called all her worldly friends who thought I had gone cuckoo for six months because I was walking with Jesus. They jumped on, you know, Carol thought I went cuckoo. In one day, all her friends she called after she gave her life to Christ, she called them all to share the good news. Well, guess what the good news did for them? Hung up. She lost every one of her friends 
the day she told them that she had received Christ. They told you never to call them again. Say ouch. That, 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 would, that could be an ouch, but it wasn't for Carol. She was rejoicing. You had, yes, you did. Hallelujah. So Ray wasn't such a wacko. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Do not be conformed to the world. Next verse, please. Verse 3, Josh. Oh, guys, look. I'm sorry. Leave that there for a second. Go back to verse 2. I want you to look at something here. Now, this is where we're going to go today, and this is where we're at today. We're going to get to the gifts of the Spirit because they're going to be active in every one of your lives coming this year, coming 2018. I absolutely believe for it. We believe for it. That you're, every one of us are going to be moving in the gifts of the Spirit in a very, very, very natural way. We'll help you if you're stuck. Hallelujah. There's, it's for the harvest. Look at this. There is a good will of God to be known. There's an acceptable will of God to be known. And there's a perfect will of God to be known. Are you all here? Amen. So let me, pre- let me present this to you from this way. Look at this and say fruit and result of obedience. I'm going to be in a position to understand and comprehend the good will of God, the acceptable will of God, and the perfect will of God. If I do what Peter said in Second Peter, amen, 1, 5 through 12, amen, adding, say add, add, say work. I have to be a student of the word. Students work. They study. They apply, they study, and they put into action. They study and put it into motion. They study the, the, the instructions, and then they put the motions in the, uh, the action, right? The instructions in action. Amen? Amen. Now, Jesus said something about seed that's sown in the ground. And he said, the seed is the word of God, and it goes into the soil, and the devil comes immediately to steal it, and he goes through the different things. But the seed that goes into good ground, Produces 30, 60, 100 fold. Say yield. Say fruit. Harvest. Abundance. So, conjoin what Jesus said, and I particularly like Mark's gospel on that, Mark chapter 4, and connect it here to what the Holy Ghost is saying about the fruit of not being conformed, making a decision. I am not going to follow the world's way today. I'm going to follow God's will. What's going to happen? I'm going to get in the word, prayer, and the word. I'm going to ask God. I'm going to change my schedule to have time and fellowship with him before I even launch out into my day. Hallelujah. I'll say this to you. You start this discipline in your life. I'm not going to eat physical food till I eat spiritual food. Like I, hunger is a great motivation. Amen. The good will of God. 30-fold return. Look at, the, look, at the, look at the screen. What's Jesus connecting? I want, the Holy Spirit's connecting the dot for you and I. You'll have a 30-fold yield if you're diligent, if you study and you live the life. Minimally, 30-fold yield. 
He who hears my sayings and does them. Amen? Jesus said, in the measure you use what you hear, it'll be added to you. Now, the, the way it's given here, I would think that acceptable was entry level. But because of the way it's worded, good, 30-fold. Acceptable will of God, 60-fold yield. Hallelujah. I, say 60-fold yield. Perfect will of God. Hundredfold yield. Say hundredfold. Anybody interested in any of these? God called you and I to be fruit-bearing sons and daughters of God. We're going to get into diversities, but in Romans 12, and we're not going to even get there today. Well, praise God. Amen. Well, we got here. But we're going to end here. Okay, guys? You all right with that? Do not be conformed to this world, but be being transformed with the renewing of your mind. That you might prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Is it God's will for you to, to understand spirituals? Say, it's God's will for me to understand spirituals. Things pertaining to the Holy Ghost. Now, say it to your neighbor. It's God's will for you to understand things pertaining to the Holy Ghost and spiritual operations. Now, say this to your neighbor, too, because I believe in Christ in you. And I know Holy Spirit wants to use you extravagantly. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Do you believe that? Yes. Please stand. Okay. Carol's got something to share in a moment, but Father, let's just let the Spirit of God seal the word that we've heard today. Yeah. What? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just this one thing. I. I, I I just want to preach, man. I, I, I'm sitting there and I'm going, God, you called me to preach the word. Amen. He did. And I, all of this that came out, I thought, oh, my gosh, Bible man went all around the world today. Pastor. And the scriptures that were flowing out, because I know what he was saying to me. I'm going, today I'm going to the gifts. Today I'm going to, you know, um, Corinthians about the, the, the nine gifts of the Spirit. And I said, okay. And he doesn't tell me what it is. I'm listening to him, and I'm thinking, my God, you, I don't know if you guys are getting it. If you guys are getting it. If you guys are getting it. Yeah, he's laying a sure foundation. He's laying a sure foundation for you guys. The Holy Ghost through him is. You know why? Because it's about time you guys get moving in the gifts. Because it's a harvest time. There's a harvest field, church. And it is the coolest thing to serve people the love of Jesus Christ by operating in the gifts of the Holy Ghost. And I don't know if you guys knew what Pastor was doing. But I was sitting there and I just thought, where in the world? We're going from Peter to Mark to this to... To, it, where's Corinthians? We'll, we'll get to it. 
And the Lord spoke to me. He said, I'm laying the foundation for the harvest. For you guys to move in the harvest field. And I'm telling you something. It's the most exciting, wonderful thing that you can do to move over and see the kingdom and see that wonderful harvest field that's out there in front of you. It's all around us, guys. Right here, there's a harvest field. But every single day. And the gifts of the Holy Ghost are not for us. And when I got the revelation of that, the very first time I started reading John, and I was told to read John and read through. Then go back to Matthew and read through. Then go to Matthew and read through. I didn't know there was an Old Testament for the longest time. Are you listening to me? Because one of the scriptures that you said to lay this foundation or to speak this over and over what Peter said. If we have to. What I got when Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I got the epistles inside of my spirit that began to transform my life. The transformation came in the epistles. And I read it over and 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 over again. And as I did, the Holy Ghost started speaking to me every single day that I was in the word to change me. Not for me to look for anything in myself, but he changed me to become like him. And I'm still being changed. And through eternity, I'm still going to be changed. It's a never-ending thing, so get on board to be changed. Because if you want to serve God, and if you're tired of the same old and tired of being in the world and tired of thinking like the world and tired of just being duh and blah, get in the epistles over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. The Holy Ghost is the teacher. And he's alive. And he's alive. He's full of energy. And he's full of life. And these are the things that God is pursuing for us and saying and to equip us. Oh, my gosh. Hun, catch me. I'm going to pass out. Whew. I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed in his presence. I'm overwhelmed in what he's speaking to us. I'm overwhelmed. Listen, you're past. Please, I say to every one of you, because I know something about every one of you guys. And I prophesy this by the Spirit of God. Your past is in the past. Let it go. Because you won't be able to move on to your future. And God has nothing but good for the future. And God wants to use you in extraordinary ways. Do you hear what I'm saying? You are not what the devil has been telling you that you are. You are not a failure. You are not ugly. You are not, I mean, so many disgusting thoughts that he has tried to bring your way. You are not. The Holy Ghost says you 
are extraordinary people because you are in Christ Jesus, the most beautiful of beautifuls. Listen to what I'm saying because it's by the Holy Ghost. The love of Jesus Christ is shed abroad in your heart by the Spirit who was given to us so that we can fall in love with him. Even the Holy Ghost will help you fall in love with him so you can love yourself. And when you cannot love yourself, you cannot love others. So let the overwhelming presence of God overtake you. Walk in that overwhelming presence and out of it will flow the abundance. Your past is totally annihilated in God. Totally. The accusations of the devil are lies and they shall be no more if you put your foot down. You are courageous, bold, bold as a lion. You're wonderful people. Amen. Amen. The glory of God is all over you. His presence is divine in you. Changing and causing and having an effect in you. God uses you. I don't know if you know that. How God uses this young man. And God uses every single one of us in a special way. Don't think that you are below or underneath anymore. Encourage. Get your minds off of worldly things. Get it on to the epistles. Stay in it. And when the Holy Spirit tells you to go in the Old Testament, go in it. But some of us need to get transformed over and over in the epistles. Thank you for sitting up with us today. It was an honor. You're welcome. Thank you, bud. I love people. The love for people is increasing in me because there's a harvest. Amen? And so when I just heard pastor, I could feel the itchiness all around. Like, But I thought, my God, listen to him. He's like Bible man. He's gone from here to here to here to here to lay a foundation to get us to believe what the, what the word of God is saying. And so that we can go and do and have an effect and be the sons of God, the sons of God to overwhelm others. Yeah. Overwhelm them in his presence. To impact them the way Jesus did. Yes. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Grab your neighbor's hand if you would, please. Thank you that we are your body. And Lord, that we are members unique, but yet de- interdependent with one another. And Lord, I remember, Holy Spirit, thank you for reminding me again that laminin is that material in the human body that knits every cell to the next one, and it is in the shape of the cross. That's a scientific reality, a medical reality. Thank you for the cross that unites us together to become, to be your church, to be your body, to be being transformed, to be your bride, to be looking for your coming, but yet occupying what till you return. 
that, Lord, we thank you that you're equipping us, Holy Spirit. And thank you that your word today, that even when I had plans, the plans of the heart belong to men, but the answer of the tongue is of the Lord in Proverbs 16.1. Thank you, Father, for just so desiring us to grow up in all things and to once again be encouraged to be the disciples that you've called us to be and anointed us to be, that your DNA is in us to help us become that. So thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. You are loved. Give him Jesus praise, would you? Let's give the Lord praise.